You're listening to Nick's Snacks and KFKA, hosted by Nick Kenny. Nick is the CEO of the Greeley Philharmonic Orchestra and the 2019 Greeley Chamber Ambassador of the Year. Nick's Snacks also touches on local and global issues through Nick's perspective, offering unique insights into the world's happenings. Prepare to learn something new in this thought-provoking and entertaining show. Listening to Nick's Snacks on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA, Northern Colorado's voice here in the Allo Communications studios in downtown Greeley. My guest today is Ben Barnhart. Hello, Nick. Gosh, it's good to have you in the studio. It's good to be here. It's been a few weeks. It has been. And behind the glass is Micah, Broncos fan, Kilpatrick. You're darn right. BF, Broncos fan. I thought you were going to call me boyfriend, and I was going to say, no, Nick, that's not right. But yes, Super Broncos fan. SBF. It's like SPF, except SBFs are more repellent than, than, uh, than SPF. Yeah, we are repellent to the, well, Super Broncos fans are repellent to the negativity. We wear our Broncos gear no matter what. You know, I, every week we just start the show because Micah's got Broncos gear on. For the last nine weeks, it's been fun to see his just crushed face. I'm sorry, sorry, Broncos Nation. I'm a Bears fan, so um, I know what it's like. I know the pain that you're going through. Trust me, even this past week with the complete breakdown against the Green Bay Packers, the Chicago Bears once again showed their true colors of they just can't beat the Packers and the Broncos just can't win. First of all, it's Broncos country, not Broncos Nation. Oh, what was I thinking for nation? I don't know, but it's Broncos country. Well, Raider wouldn't nation. you rather be a nation? No, I'd, I'd rather be Broncos country. Oh, it's Raider nation. Raider nation, Red Sox nation, Cyclone nation. No one knows about that one, though. Oh, I was trying to come up with something that ended in nation. <laughs> I can't. Alien can't nation? <laughs> that is a great show, by the way, and a great movie. Oh, never heard of it. Uh, kind of a B movie. From the late 80s, early 90s, and then it turned into a show in the early 90s. A B-movie that didn't have much buzz? Nothing? I don't have my headphones on. Oh. I'm I'm just listening to myself because I'm so full of myself today. All right. This this is where I need the mic for, for Micah. Cut. Ben Barnhart is a realtor here in northern Colorado. He also serves as the president of the Greeley Satellite Rotary Club, and he's also a board member for the Greeley Philharmonic Orchestra. What else do you do, Ben? Uh, I have a beautiful family. Uh, I should start with that. I've got three wonderful sons and a beautiful wife, and I help support our homeowners association board because I'm in real estate, and so that gives me a chance to learn a little bit more about that side of it. Yeah, I do some things. Um, not as busy as you are, Nick, but enjoy the things that I do. And each year around this time, I give thanks, and then I think about things that I don't want to do in the future oh. and try to move those aside for now. So, Kind of cutting out, uh, cutting out the fat or the toxicity. It's like a um, New Year's resolution. You know, everyone gives up sweets or chocolate or go on those fad diets that last about three days after the New Year begins. Now, I'll ask you, Ben, um, are you a resolution type of guy? 
I am, but I'm afraid you're going to ask me what my resolution is going to be. Um, you know what I do? I do a word of the year. I think that's really fun. I do, too. What's your word of the year next year? Do you know? Uh, not next year. This year was be. Okay. Just to be present. Be, or, you know, just being. Trying to experience more. Trying to feel more. Trying to not constantly worry about things that I don't have the control of, but just really being present. I guess I the word it. could have been present, but uh, I mean, you look into the future, that's not necessarily present, but you are just being. Yeah, I like it. I haven't picked out a word for 2023 yet. Okay. I'm going with humility. I feel like that's a pretty big one. And if you can stay humble, um, you can kind of keep yourself in the right place to receive more gifts. So I don't know. Seems like a good one. It I'm is going with Broncos. I, Micah's is Broncos. Is it's been for the last couple of years too, huh? <laughs> yep, I, I I think it always is. Mine, uh, I, I don't have one. I, I certainly will think about it. Usually, when I come up with this, is when I, I drive home to Indiana for the holidays. Usually, I'm pretty good about driving it straight through. But this year, it might be the year that I I, I take a little break in Western Illinois and just crash for a night and have a nice warm bed instead of trying to use toothpicks to crank my eyes open just so I can roll into Fort Wayne at about 10, 11 o'clock at night and just be exhausted. So um, looking forward to, to heading home for the holidays, but uh, there's a lot to be done beforehand. Just in fact, yesterday, actually the day we're recording this episode was Colorado Gives Day, the largest day of giving in Colorado where hundreds of millions of dollars are raised for nonprofits throughout the state. There is um, a million-plus dollar incentive fund for nonprofits to earn a percentage of what they raise on Colorado Gives Day comes back to them, and uh, just a really great day of philanthropy. Now, one thing I can't really understand, uh, and Ben, you've been an integral part for this for nonprofits in the community. I mean, just yesterday you had 16 nonprofits featured on KFKA in the morning with Tanner and with Brian Gary. Uh, so thank you for your role in doing that. I was fortunate enough to be a guest on their show uh, yesterday morning. Um, but thank you for that opportunity to just get more connected and have nonprofits tell their story. You're welcome. Um, I really got to turn this around and thank the whole Greeley Satellite Rotary Club. This is something that we voted on. This is our hard-earned fundraising revenue from the last several years sort of built up. Felt like we wanted to make a bigger splash this year and really raise the awareness and spread the voice, if you will. So this is what we came up with. And uh, just thanks to all the members who give their time, their energy, their, their money to really the Rotary, the Satellite Rotary, any of our wonderful service organizations. And there are so many, and we can certainly talk about that a bit more. Um, one thing that bothers me about Colorado Gives Day, it's not necessarily Colorado Gives Day, but it is usually a week after Giving Tuesday. And Giving Tuesday is a national event of giving, which is wonderful. We love to see that this time of year, uh, you know, after the holidays, after Thanksgiving. Um, but when it's very confusing with Colorado Gives Day because that's the first Tuesday in December. Giving Tuesday is the first Tuesday after Thanksgiving. So it could be, it could line up to be the first Tuesday in December on those rare years. Um, but I think it gets a little confusing in Colorado with the national Giving Tuesday and Colorado Gives Day. It is a bit confusing. There is a lot of asking going around this time of year, understandably so. There's a lot of wonderful needs. But being from the nonprofit world uh, years ago, we used National Giving Tuesday to schedule 
our Colorado Gives Day gifts. So figuring out a way to message and merge those two things together, really it doesn't matter. If you're listening on the air right now, it doesn't as much matter when you give or how much you give. Just the act of giving, I think, is what makes the world better. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the world's so interesting place when it comes down. I mean, United States, especially uh, with nonprofits, um, you know, and their really rise to to the industries in the 1950s and 60s, um, kind of separating themselves from the business for profit world into that philanthropic giving back to their community type of thing for nonprofits. Um, but now they're kind of coming back, you know, and we at the Greeley Philharmonic have kind of navigated our ways toward the business world again. Um, because just because it's a nonprofit does not mean it's not a legitimate or real business. They just use their dollars in different ways. Instead of shareholders or board of trustees taking percentages or cuts of revenues earned throughout the year, they're investing that back into the community through services, through uh, events, through entertainment, through um, you know giving back food or, or shelter to those in need. Um, so that's really the only difference, except nonprofits are usually understaffed and overworked and incredibly busy, especially this time of year. Yeah, you, and you know firsthand how, how that works. Um, yeah, I think just it's the important thing to do is is to give back and and uh, you know think ahead with intention about um, the places you want to support. The way I look at the sector as a whole, it's the voluntary redistribution of wealth. You're not being taxed in this case in order for the government to decide who needs the funding. You actually have a choice and a right on your very own to give some of your hard-earned dollars directly to a cause that you find near and dear to your heart. So in a way, it solves some systemic problems that I think we have in our country. One thing I really like um, about Colorado Gives Day, and I wish we would take more of uh, this theme on a national level, is give where you live. Uh, of course, there's always a lot of really good nonprofits to give to that are, are um, influential on a national level. But just like with politics, uh, you have the most impact locally where you live, either if you're running for office or you're electing your local officials, city council, county commissioners, mayor, things like that. That's where you can make the most impact. And the same thing is true for nonprofits. Um, the World Food Bank, the Greeley Philharmonic Orchestra, the Humane Society, um, all those things that are in your own backyard that are benefiting your neighbors and your friends and your family. Not saying that those national organizations don't deserve the support, but um, the ones in your own backyard will help to enhance your community and elevate them in different ways to better serve and be stewards um, in your own backyard. Yeah, to each his own, really. Um, I think there's advantages to giving to some of the bigger, more national ones. I happened to spend some time at the American Red Cross doing fundraising a couple lifetimes ago, it seems like. Um, so I get that and, and how they can you know use economies of scale to help really large-scale things. But I totally agree. I think that and I used this term yesterday, charity does start at home. It starts in our community with our school children, our, our folks with health needs, things like that. So give it home. Well, and just so you know, you can talk to your tax specialist. Um, donating to a nonprofit is tax deductible. If you're in one of those tax um, brackets and you want to bump off a little bit and make a, make a little tax break, talk to your tax advisors and see if donating to a charity might be beneficial to you. Also, every nonprofit you donate to is tax deductible. So if you haven't made that donation yet anywhere to whatever sings to your heart, speaks to your heart, please do so now before the end of the year to take full advantage of those tax benefits. We'll be back after this break. Stay tuned for more Nick Snacks.
to Nick's Snacks on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA, brought to you by 477 Distilling. 477 Distilling and Matt Astrin were very generous in their Colorado Gives Day support of the Greeley Philharmonic Orchestra as they pledged to match up to $10,000 of donations that day. So thank you, Matt Estrin and 477 Distilling for your generosity. Thank you, Matt. Boy, that's a great place, Ben. Isn't it? I've heard of it. Once or twice. Once or twice. Been Once there. or twice. Been there. Checked it out. Popped in. Thought hello. <laughs> well, Ben is a man of many skills and, and trades, so uh, let's get into the world of real estate as the, ty- uh, the, the year is winding down. And uh, it's been a quieter year for real estate, especially the last six months of interest rates have taken quite a hike. But as you're uh, in the thick of it with uh, real estate, um, especially in northern Colorado, one of the most booming markets in the country, um, what are you seeing from your, your perspective? Well, I think, number one, the, the, the fact that the market is moderating is a good thing. Um, people who are first-time home buyers. Now, you have to be really well qualified, but from a competitive standpoint and a lending standpoint, you can compete with an FHA loan, whereas a year ago, 18 months ago, uh, sellers wouldn't really look at your offer because they want somebody with more stake in the game, more skin in the game, more cash. So FHA buyers have a seat at the table now. First-time home buyers, uh, like I said, involved in that program. Um, I just think it's just better overall for our economy to have a little bit of competition and to uh, – it's really hard to see buyers buy houses and waiving inspections and waiving certain things that they have a right to because they're just so fearful they couldn't out-compete their neighbor to get the home. And so it's nice to see inspections coming back and really the process is working like it should where it's a checks and balances that benefits both the seller and the buyer. I, it alarms me. When somebody doesn't get an inspection of their house, I have some people that I know who did not do that and had significant flooding this past year. And it's like, oh, shoot. But because it was such a competitive market, they chose to waive that. So I don't know if Ben can give advice, but I'll say it advice as a homeowner. Pay that four or five hundred dollars for an inspection. It is so worth it because you don't want to be hit with with significant um, financial repercussions of of something that you had you could have known would have been wrong. And if there are things, you know, I had. Some uh, some cracks in the foundation, nothing serious. Um, the garage door wasn't functioning. It was an easy fix um, that the that the sellers had, and and boy, I felt better going into a home now that I had it fully inspected. A lot of realtors, ourselves included, at Windermere do a pre-inspection as part of our certified listing process. So we won't even put a home on the market until we pay for out of our pocket a seller's pre-inspection. We'd still recommend, first of all, ask for that. Secondly, get a buyer's inspection. And there's a little nuance to the contract. If you know the contract of, to buy and sell real estate really well, you can still get an inspection done, but you can cho- choose to waive your right to object and terminate based off that inspection. So you still want the knowledge, but it doesn't always have to be part of the deal, so to speak. You can do it outside of the deal and just say to the seller, I'm going to not object over this. I'm going to retain my other objection rights, but I choose to waive the right on this. However, I still want to know what I'm buying. So we always advise that. It's a heck of an investment. Now, uh, when I was listening to the radio the other day, they mentioned something about the American dream. And it got me thinking, what is the American dream? Because the way I see it, we all work way too hard. We're underpaid. And we're kind of just working toward retirement. And many of us 
by the time we get there, are going to be two broken bodies because we worked ourselves to death over the years. So, Ben, I'm curious, what is your interpretation of the American dream? There's no well, right or wrong I, answer I, here. Yeah, that's a great question. Thought-provoking question. Thank you, Nick. Um, I think the, the American dream is really the human dream. I think it's peace. I think it's having a support network that can help you get through your days. I think it relates to a much higher thing than just America. Um, yeah, related to housing, you want to be in control, right? You know, people like to be in control of their own destiny and, and in control of their own cars, their own goods. A very that a lot of that is very American. So um, I certainly understand it. It's gotten harder, and I would say that you need a, a qualified. It kind of builds value into our profession because you really need a qualified agent to help you through some of those roadblocks and to, and to get to where you need to be. So I think to each his own. I think uh, the, the dream can look different to a lot of people, um, but uh, it's certainly an attainable goal for people now, more so than it was over the last 18 months. I was curious to ask you, Ben, because months ago, I don't even remember who I was speaking with, mentioned that you know buying a home was a part of the American dream, to own your own property, own your own home. And there are still some, and I, I will say, yes, I think renting is, is a complete waste, but there are still people who don't mind renting, don't want to be responsible for a home. And if that you know truly doesn't qualify as the American dream, oh, well, I've got a full-time job and I own my home. There, I've done it. That's the American dream. But I like your perspective of what's your dream? You never want the responsibility of owning your own property or home? Great. You want to travel the world instead, live out of a van or, or whatever. Perfect. That's the dream. Then that's the dream. Yeah, I think I'm a little biased, but I think long-term real estate is an, a wonderful investment. It just it refuses to go in the tank for long periods of time. It always bounces back after a recession like, honestly, what we're going through now. And I expect it to bounce back in the next 24 months again. So. It's a, it's a worthy dream. Uh, every, you know, the world's different than it was 20 years ago. I totally agree. It used to be the, the thing was to buy a house. And I think our values are changing um, here in the United States. And I, I don't think everyone is, uh, is fit for mowing the lawn every weekend and tending to a piece of property. So my role is not really to pe- talk people into things they don't already want to do. It's just to be a guide to help you know, coach people through a process of something they already know that they want to do. You know, it was interesting when I bought my first home. Was, uh, you know, when you rent an apartment, you have to get the carpets cleaned, paying for this, have to have everything nice and tidy before the next tenants move in. And when I bought the first home, was so are they going to get the carpets cleaned? Like, no, Nick, they don't have to do any of that. Really? That doesn't, that, that's odd. But they don't. They don't have to clean the carpet. They don't have to wipe down the walls. They don't have to really do anything other than move other stuff out. That's right. I mean, there is a minimum. Um, I think uh, good agencies, good realtors out there will have discussions with their sellers about expectations of a buyer, putting um, yourself in a buyer's position. And because the market is a little bit more competitive, houses are staying um, online a lot longer then the sellers are doing a little bit more. Um, the good brokerages will load in a lot of pre-list services, floor plans, professional photos, drone footage. Um, everything like that, plus the windows, plus the carpet, plus an HVAC cleaning and inspection. There's a lot that is different between – it depends on who you use. Um, so we encourage folks to put our best foot forward. We uh, back that up by putting some of our own funding into the marketing plan, and it usually turns out really well where we get list price and or above. That's just fantastic. If you have any realtor, real estate 
questions. I mean, Ben Parnhart is a brainiac. In fact, there's two homes for sale on my block, one across the street from me and one a few doors down. Um, come be my neighbor. I'm looking for looking for neighbors. Yeah, get in touch with Nick Kenny. Yes. Kenny? Yes, you can. Actually, please do. Send me a message if you want to check out some homes. They're beautiful. I've already scoped out one of them. Now, one of my neighbors, and this is not one that's moving. I think I talked about it last week, or maybe I didn't. It was in some other show, probably. But it was our first big snow of the year, and I was out shoveling. My neighbor across the street, Shane, just finished snow blowing. And uh, he looked at me, hey, do you want to try this out? I've lived in my house for two and a half years, and I never met this guy. So I said, hey, do you want to borrow this? I said, Sure. At first, I wanted to say no because I don't like feeling indebted to somebody. You know, I'm always going to open the door for someone or I never expect anything in return. But I was like, oh, shoot, if I, if I borrow his snowblower, what is the expectation? Mm-hmm. That was a game changer. I mean, that was awesome to, to use the snowblower and to not have to shovel and break my back. And it was kind of heavy. So I'm like, wow, that was amazing. So later that day, I, I took him over a bottle of bourbon. It's like, oh, you don't have to do that. I'm not much of a drinker. It's like, but use this anytime you want. So now I have to time all my shovelings for uh, for when he's about finishing up with snow blowing. So I can, oh, hey, Shane, how's it going? Uh, just a coincidence. I'm out of here again. But now it's on my list for looking out in garage sales next year to not find a, bad a snow blower. But I know when I buy one, we're not going to get any snow. That's the way it works. It is. We need the moisture. Stay tuned for more Nick Snacks. We'll be back after this break. Snacks on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA, Northern Colorado's voice here in the Allo Communications studios in downtown Greeley. I'm here with Ben Barnhart of Windermere Real Estate, president of Greeley Satellite Rotary Club, board member for the Greeley Philharmonic Orchestra, dad, husband, and a decent guy. Decent golfer. Decent stretch there, too. <laughs> Barely decent. <laughs> he just makes it right above the uh, the decent line. The 94. Four five range. Yeah, that's exactly it. Oh, Ben has been uh, been well, great having you on the show. It's just Nick Snacks shooting shooting the the breeze, chatting, shooting from the hip. I got some market stats for folks if you want to keep talking real estate. Real I like quick. real estate. I'm fascinated by real this estate. This is for the data driven folks that are listening, and it's what we base a lot of our information off of. Right, you got to go to the data. So in Weld County, the average price this is a month of November. 2022 versus last year, month of November. So it's year over year for the month of November. Average price is up 5%. In one year. In one year. Instead of the 14, 15, 21, 22 percentages we were seeing. So notice that's not a depreciation. So we're still appreciating um, if you're an investor or if you're you know into your own home already. That you're just not appreciating as fast as you were last year. Um, properties for sale. This is the competition we were talking about earlier. 144% more properties for sale this November than there were. So that's more than double. Uh, and then things are staying on the market a little bit longer. So balancing things out, 
allowing buyers to be a little bit more judicious in what they're selecting and so they don't have to just jump into the first property that's available. Uh, 33 days average on market for the month of November this year. So that's up 83%. From 2021, so there's some pretty uh, there's some grounded numbers there for folks to kind of think about, and um, the things that I've been hearing are long term we will bounce back. Real estate always bounces back, so uh, we might we might see another interest rate or two uh, hike, but depending on your lender, those those rate changes could have been built in. I just suggest you. Talk to your professionals as early as you can. Your everybody from your accountant, your tax advisor, your uh, your real estate agent, your your lender, your financial planner. Um, do all of that in December. It's a good time to sort of evaluate where you are and where you want to be in the future. Well, and those stats should not be alarming, even though they're not as as aggressive as aggressively good for sellers over the past couple of years. It's not a bad market. It's healthier in this sense, if I'm understanding the market correctly. I mean, a 5% is normal, not a 14 to 21% appreciation. That's just, it was fantastic. Trust me, I bought in at good time. Um, but boy, that's just debilitating for, for year over year over year. Yeah, the average in our area over the 40-year lifespan is about 5.5% growth. It's a very healthy number. Is five and a half. Other areas of the countries might be one, two, three percent. Not not as not quite as healthy. Obviously, you don't want to depreciate, but overall, the trajectory looks good for real estate. And I think if folks can be patient and play the interest rate game, they're able to get into some stuff now in twenty twenty two, maybe early twenty twenty three before the summer market comes. And they might be able to snag something that they wouldn't have normally been able to get. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch. I wish I had all the money like Monopoly. I could gobble up some properties and have some investment uh, properties, but that'll be years, if not decades, beyond me right now. Don't you've, got a, you've got a place in Florida, Ben. We do. We um, took real estate that we owned in Larimer County, and we, we sold that a few years ago and were able to sort of invest in... I wouldn't say it's our future home, but it's a little small for that. But it's a place that we can go, and uh, it's all about lifestyle, right? COVID taught us a lot. COVID taught us that uh, we don't want to be, you know, chained to our offices. For example, we want to travel a little bit more. And what we like about where we chose is that you're still in the United States. It's not passport dependent. Yet you can get to the beach and enjoy some time with your loved ones there. Mm. Florida. And you've been so kind as to invite me on a potential trip, so we might have to have a remote knick-snacks from the beaches of Florida. We should. We'll see how today's show goes, and then uh, we'll we'll see if that see invitation it... still stands. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just how Ben's friendship is. Every, every, every time I see him, it's, uh, I, get a, I get a report card after each of our interactions with how I did and what, can I, what I can do to improve upon. <laughs> you know, the conversation was kind of dull and bored me, Nick, so uh, today was a C-. Minus. Yeah, try to do some improvement for next time. You're, you're, you're sitting on a solid B today. Hey, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. We've had a good day. It's been a really good day. Colorado Gives Day, of course, when we were recording this uh, for our Nick Snacks on Wednesday nights. I'm also the host of The Nerd Show with Micah and Scott Magerflesh. And, um, you know, I, I will say to piggyback off to after the show that just ended, I had to leave early because I hadn't seen the show Peripheral that we are reviewing. And I watched one episode last night and wow, it was amazing. Um, I'm, a t- I'm, a, I'm a movie and TV junkie. I don't watch things often because I don't have the time for it. But when I do sit down, boy, am I immersed in it and I love it. And uh, I've seen some of the best TV this year that I've ever seen. But with 
Andor with uh, the House of the Dragon. Uh, Mike is going to snort and scoff at this, but uh, the Rings of Power. Boo! Um, Ted Lasso, of course, is up there, even though nothing came out this year. But also a show called Severance on Apple Plus, and and it was fascinating. It features Adam Scott, and it started off slow, you know, with just people who have this chip implanted in their brain where they can turn off automatically um, once they pass into this Wi-Fi zone, essentially, of um, separating their work life from their home life. And as you learn, you know, and that's something I think, excuse me, was buzzed around during COVID was finding that balance between home and work. I think everyone wishes they could just turn off their work life. I know certainly I wish I could do that every now and again, but I'm available 24-7 in the position that I have. Uh, but you, of course, put up boundaries. But I think that really buzzed around. So I, I really appreciate Apple TV telling a story about it. Now, of course, it gets very convoluted and corruption and stuff is involved. Um, but, yeah, Ben, could you could you envision yourself walking into your office at Windermere and just completely forgetting about your family and focusing on work and then vice versa, you getting home and never thinking about work? No, it's it's nearly impossible. I mean, you can do it for a few minutes or so, but um, in my business, it's always important to remember why you're doing what you're doing, and it's to help other people and to help the people in your home. So, yeah, it's hard to separate those two things out. That's interesting. In Severance, the where the department they're working, they don't know what they're doing. And I still don't know what they're doing after the first season. But I'll say that if you haven't seen it yet and you're, uh, you're on Apple or if you're considering Apple, maybe you bought a new Apple device and have three months free, highly recommend Ted Lasso. It's one of my all-time favorite shows, but also Severance because it's uh, it gets really good and really messed up and makes you think. But also earlier, I mean, it was just, wow, a lot of people who got severed is what they say had – experienced a lot of trauma in their personal life, spouses dying, you know, some, well, that's one example. And so they thought it would be a good thing to kind of numb their feelings. They were thinking about it constantly. And that wasn't the case. It was sounds neat. honestly a fantastic show. Only, I think, a 10 episodes. Um, wow. But I think, you know, we're in the age of incredible television. Also in an age where nobody has time to sit down and watch television shows. Isn't it funny how everything has changed? I remember reading several years ago, uh, you know, in the future, you're going to have the ability to click your TV on and pick any channel you want, and it's kind of like on-demand TV. It's funny how that just sort of slid into our consciousness, and here we are. We're doing that. We're picking basically our own shows as needed and changing throughout all these networks. Without really having to wa- uh, wait for it either. I mean, granted, if you're watching something and it doesn't come out for a year, you know, the seasons as I grew up, you know, with, oh, gosh, what shows did we watch as kids? You know, just The Simpsons. I mean, things that weren't, you know, fantastic to, to write home about now. But it was, you know, you wait, you wait, you wait, you wait. I got frustrated early on with really good TV series that weren't renewed the next year. I'm like, well, what the heck? I invested all this time into this show and, and then it gets canceled. Well, that kind of sinks. And then now, if you don't watch the shows, then they'll get canceled because they don't have enough viewership. But it seems now like Netflix and HBO Max are just throwing a lot of money into projects, well, whether HBO they're going to be Max, successful or not. HBO Max was has, has actually been struggling, so they cut a lot of projects. However, the uh, creators of the Batgirl movie are uh, having a meeting to maybe possibly release the movie? Interesting. I, we'll see. Wasn't that uh, supposed to be What's-His-Face's triumphant return to cinema? Uh, Brendan Fraser? 
I think so. Oh, gosh. I enjoyed him. The Mummy was one of the best movies I, I remember growing up when I was a teenager. Scared the living crap out of me when I was a kid. But, great movie. Uh, absolutely a great movie. You wow. know what scared me? Uh, it. The Denzel Washington movie, Siege. I don't one know of if the I've scariest seen that. movies I've ever seen. Huh. Well, we'll siege that opportunity to uh, terrify Micah. Stay tuned for more Nick's Snacks. We'll be back after this break. Welcome back to Nick's Snacks on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA, Northern Colorado's Voice. I'm just scrolling through Instagram where I had my debut for 477 Distilling's 25 Days of Christmas commercial, where I got to play a drunk. That's interesting. Oh, I got That's it. all I'll say. <laughs> um, uh, Wow, that was fun. For those who haven't seen it, I encourage you to check out 477 Distilling's Instagram or Facebook. I will say that was iced tea I was drinking. I was not downing old-fashioned after old-fashioned after old-fashioned and got uh, progressively more intoxicated during this commercial. It was inspired by the Malort commercial. If you're unfamiliar with Malort, it is one of the most foul spirits that has ever touched my lips or anyone else's lips. It is a staple of Chicago. If you are traveling to Chicago, I can't remember exactly what the shot is called, but you can order a shot of Malort paired with a beer. But just ask for Malort. They will know what to do for it. It's a Swedish liqueur that is just foul. That's all I can say. And if you Google is the commercial. Is it funky or what it, makes it foul? It, um, it, it's, it? It, everything about it. I can't describe it, Ben. If you just Google the commercial, Malort commercial, it'll go through all these different... Um, analogies for what it tastes like and uh, not appropriate for on air, but um, the person just gets more and more drunk during that commercial, and it's phenomenal. So that was kind of the the the, Roger that. the, the um, what inspired us for this commercial with 477. Uh, but there's somebody in my hockey locker room that brings Malort every game, every game, and some of us take shots of it, and. We haven't lost a game yet. Oh, really? I was going to say. Well, we did last week. I got annihilated. I I saved 31 shots, which was great. However, in total, they had 39 shots. So I, had a, I, had, I let in a lot of goals that night. <laughs> that was, was kind of crummy. Two of them were their shorthanded goals. I just got played. Anyway, yeah, Malort was very foul. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear. You know, as a board member, I was looking at giving you probably a less than par grade. Um, but you did fine. Glad it wasn't real. Yes. <laughs> that should be submitted for a local Grammy. It was good. And, and the stuff they put out is is creative and, and hilarious. There's 25 deals happening during the 25 days of Christmas from 30% off bottles to buy one, get one merch to buy one, get one bottles to uh, my favorite day is buy one, get one gift card. So if you spend $100 on gift cards, you get a $100 additional gift card. So if you are uh, a frequent flyer at 477 Distilling, we'll say between two to three times a week, I would say it's a safe bet to drop $500 on gift cards that might last you an entire year. That's just my recommendation. <laughs> just a ballpark, right? Not not from experience. Not from experience. Okay. Boy, I really lowballed myself last year. But it's a, I love that deal. And businesses love giving out discount or deals for gift cards because most people 
forget to spend them. That's right. Uh, I thought about that before. I wondered about that. There's a large percentage of funding that never gets moved. You know, I'm, I'm one of those people. I've got probably 40 gift cards just wrapped in a rubber band uh, either in my car or on my desk at home. And I'll go to a restaurant. I'm like, Ugh, I know I have a gift card. Is it in my car? Nope. Guess what? It's at home. Then you don't go for another six months and you forget about it. And I have gift cards for businesses that are no longer in business, which is frustrating. I think they put out a report not too long ago that America has some like trillion dollars in unused gift cards, an enormous sum of money. So I'm going to challenge everyone who's listening right now to try to burn through at least two gift cards before the end of the year. You've got like three weeks. Just find a couple gift cards and and loosen your load a little bit. And it'd be a great date night. It'd be a great remembrance. It could be go see a movie and get some popcorn, you know, take some time for yourself. But uh, um, I know that doesn't really give back to the economy, but those businesses already have your dollars. So uh, two of them. That's all I'm asking, two. Well, I already made the investment. You might as well spend the money. You've, you've Absolutely. Spent. I wonder what that'll do for inflation. Micah? We got to look at Micah. He's, he's smarter than we are on this stuff. Micah, how are increased gift card uses uh, for the last three weeks? Because people across the country are going to be so inspired by my challenge. And don't just you do it. Challenge everyone you know to use two gift cards. Well, and you then, know what's really sad? What's that? You got a Right Coast gift card? I did. I, I found two Right Coast gift So I'm... I'm a not the most organized person. I found two Right Coast gift cards for twenty five dollars in my desk. Oh, that's sad. And I was I was cleaning my desk out yesterday because it's it's a it's just about time. I'm just so horribly disorganized, and I got really depressed after I found fifty dollars of free pizza. That's so sad. That's a bummer. Now, what what is that uh, psychological approach to people hoarding gift cards? I mean, there has to be something. People smarter than us, Ben. Rainy day syndrome. Like, you know, you never know when you're going to be poor. I mean, that's why I do it. You just don't know where the bank account's going to be sometimes. True. And you might want to go out and but not want to use the old account. So maybe. Right. Yeah, but some of those maybe. gift cards, they, they like go down in value. Yeah, after a certain amount of years, you know, it'll it'll lose a dollar or so a year. Well, as the dollar yeah, well, goes up. I, I had one <laughs> well, it, it that does I had used for a while. But no, and it's I, just, yeah, I checked on it, and it was like down to two dollars. I'm like, eh, screw it. It's um, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna go and use two gift cards. I actually used one last week at Kenny's. I had a great lunch, and I was like, oh wow, I've had this Kenny's gift card for so long. I better use this. I've got I have a, a honey baked ham from. Uh, Five years ago, and that I, I found in my desk. See what happens with that, Micah? Is they check the expiration date and they give you a slab of meat that is the same age as the gift card. I would still eat it. <laughs> By the way, the receipt is in there. So not only the gift card but the receipt. So I'm going to go and ask them. Hey, will you still uh, honor this, please? Well, let's also talk about returning items to a store. I just returned three boxes of Christmas lights that I didn't end up needing, and it was only like 10 bucks at Lowe's. And I had to go there to get some other like uh, specialty light bulbs, so it was only convenient for me. But, Ben, are you a person, too? It's like, this isn't the right thing. But you don't take it back? Uh, depends on what it is. So I'm starting a miniature hardware store in my garage. If it is a screw, if it is a any tool, anything like that, I'll keep it because you just never know what you're going to need for the kids down the road. Uh, anything else, though, I'm kind of cheap, and so I'll go ahead and return it, even if it's 
three fifty, four dollars. I'll go do it because I know I'm going to go walk down the aisles and spend five times that much. Oh yeah. I mean, I was so. proud of myself for returning, and I can return three more boxes because I realized these Christmas lights aren't LEDs. I spent 20 minutes looking at, like, okay, these are going to be good. Oh, and then I was like, I just figured everything was LED at this point, and it wasn't. We, so. actually, we actually exchanged our LEDs at Lowe's last weekend for warm outdoor Christmas lights. Interesting. We should have just done our own we, exchange. Yeah. Why don't we just start our own? I'm I'll sure t- that's legal. I'll tell, you the, I'll tell you the best deal I found at Lowe's for Black Friday. And I went Black Friday shopping without even remembering it was Black Friday. I went to Costco. Wasn't that busy. I just had a day off, so I got all my errands done. Went to Lowe's, and I got eight LED light bulbs for 98 cents. I went rogue. I got like five packages like of all my light bulbs are going to burst at once, and I'll have to replace all of them around my house. It was the best deal because I love LED bulbs. They're fantastic. I, there must be a light bulb like surplus now because when I was there too, they were selling light bulbs for way cheaper than I've ever seen them. Oh, yeah. So if you're in the market for light bulbs, I, I love them. I don't like the daylight lights though. I am very warm yellow and I do not like overhead lights. I'm, I'm a lamp person. As am I. I like the darkness. Hello, darkness, my old friend. And that's a good song too. It is. I even like the Disturbed Edition a lot more than the Me Simon and Garfunkel too. Edition. That's a phenomenal song. Oh, the first time I heard that was uh, was during the Olympics, during a figure skating duo. And I was like, what? This is amazing. And Paul Simon even said to the lead singer of Disturbed, that was the best cover he'd ever heard of that. And it's one of the most powerful lines before I end the show of uh, people hearing but not listening. So I challenge you, one, use two gift cards this holiday season and to listen more than you hear someone. Ben, thank you so much for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Y'all have a safe holiday season. I'll be back next week with an all-new Nick Snacks. And that's our cutoff.